1: Speak to. They are who we thought they
2: were, and we let them off the hook. I get out of hand, just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Still scattered, Westlake right Titans. That's left, three seventy two. Y stick six
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well,
2: how am I gonna go to college? I'll just play football. All right, here we go. Welcome into the show. Yes, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes. Somebody you can deal with face-to-face, one-on-one. If you need to call on that insurance, you pay those premiums and Maybe you had that fender bender at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Guess what? You don't have to wait until Monday and call somebody three states over with an 800 number during quote-unquote business hours. Nope. You just pick up your phone and text your agent who lives down the street, who you will see at church on Sunday morning. That's your local Farm Bureau in- insurance agent. Also staying connected to you here because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired check them out cspire.com i just got a notification i went and looked at my cspire account and i am i think let me let me count it up here i'm 3 months away from upgrade territory my handy dandy iphone 8 plus which i love 256 gigs of memory from cspire and i've been using it forever and i've kept it nice and healthy knock on wood hadn't gotten it too scratched up, banged up, beat up, crunched, or anything like that. Even though if I did, I could take it to a C Spire and they could fix it for me. But uh, anyway, it'll be due for an upgrade. And I think it'll be time to go into the new one. What's what's the new one? The 11? It's got the three cameras on it? Yeah, that'll be next. That'll be next. I'll be doing that real soon. What about you? You can check it out at cspire.com. See if you're due for an upgrade. All right. There's some news to get to. First, though, I do want to say hi and hello and howdy to everybody watching online. You're watching the live stream over at Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. If you're watching on Periscope, Twitter Periscope, live stream, a couple different places to watch the show each day. If you want to watch it live, you can go back and watch it uh, over again if you're later on, if you're catching the replay. Uh, Max, known as Brom, complimented my hat. He likes my hat. And it's my country-pleasing sausage hat. Gray mesh on the back, blue on the front with a red hog right in the smack middle. It says country-pleasing along the back. Speaking of that, you can be a part of the show on the country-pleasing text line. 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. Call me. Let me hear your voice on the Divini Equipment phone line. nine nine five one zero five nine. 1059 All of those are 601 numbers. Nine nine five one zero 5-9. Hey, and listen, if you're just tuning in, I want to make you aware there is um, some news out here in the sports world I, I, I just want to cover. There's actually a lot of it, and I've got a lot of stuff to kind of throw at you just to put in your lap. I just want to make sure you're aware. If you're a listener of this show, I don't want you to go out telling folks, you listen to this show, and then they go, hey, what well, did you hear? So-and-so, and you go, no, I didn't hear it. <laughs> like, Matt didn't tell you? Let me do my Best here to put some news in your lap that I feel like you're going to want. First up, this happened on Tuesday. The president at the University of Connecticut was addressing in a like an online class thing. He was talking to addressing a journalism class at the University of Connecticut, and um, there was a quote that came out of that that really hit everybody hard and made the rounds. Here it is. Again, you're talking about UConn. Not in the power five, but it's the president of the school of what is effectively in the power six. If you look at the AAC. And then I guess in in basketball, are they still big East? It's a little quirky. But regardless, they talk to people. Okay, they're all in communication. You know, commissioners are all in communication with each other. They're all in communication with, with presidents. And so this guy didn't just pull this quote out of nowhere. He said. Quote, current thinking is that likely fall sports will be canceled. With the exception of those that can be played at a safe distance. And we were talking earlier, like, what are those golf and tennis? Well, even if it's golf and tennis, they can be played at a safe distance from each other. It means each individual player would have to travel to the events on their own. Because right now they travel as teams and vans and then they fly and, you know, that whole that whole chestnut. Okay, but now here's what's happening today. A day later. They're walking it back. Both he, the school, the school spokesman. They have a spokesman named Stephanie Wright. She said it was a misunderstanding about the phrasing of what he said. Fall sports is still on. She said the quote is accurate, but that there was context. There was a preface. He said the preface or she said the preface of his comment was that fall sports would be canceled if coronavirus conditions did not improve between now and then. Quotes can be taken out of context, all that kind of stuff. One guy doesn't have information that others don't. However, I mean, the context is important. If it was, hey, if conditions don't improve, the thinking is that fall sports will be canceled. Even that, I think, is significant. Is it at the end of the world if fall sports is canceled? No. No. Let's be careful, just like John called in and said. Let's be careful about latching onto this fear and letting it just drag us all over the place. Hey, look, I mean, none of it, but facts are facts. And when a president of a school like UConn out here says, there's a scenario where we cancel fall sports, I do think it's significant, especially when it's on the back of other stories like this. According to ESPN, Boise State University, already facing $10 million in losses because of a partial shutdown, is furloughing many of its employees, including coaches and athletics staff. The important part of this is there are actual numbers and dates. So, as it, you know, Boise State, what are they? What's their conference? Mountain West? And they're big time good, right? They've played in BCS Bowls. Hard for people don't want to schedule them. They're afraid they're going to get beat. <laughs> I mean, they're really good. We know Boise State, the whole thing. So this is significant as it relates to football. We were told it's including coaches and athletics staff. So the university said that full-time, year-round employees that make over or $40,000 a year or more, are required to take furloughs between May the 3rd and July 31st. Now, the highest paid employees at Boise State, they make over $150,000 a year. They have to take 10-day furloughs. These others, they make more than 40, but they make less than 150. So between 40 and 150 is what they make. They are furloughed through July 31st. At Boise State, a football school, the date is significant. The numbers, so I mean, so what? It's just that it's across the board, including athletic staff, through July 31st. I don't think you can overstate the importance of a school like Boise State. They are a football school a school like Boise State furloughing athletics department staff through July 31st. When we coming back, Matt, how much time we need, how much practice, strength and conditioning, all that. I Man, I don't know. But we're already saying right there that absolute 100% best-case scenario at Boise State, a football school, to get all of their athletic staff back together, be the first day of August normally when football practice is either starting or about to I just don't think you can overstate the significance of that piece of information that that school is doing as it relates to the conversation of when is football coming back am I crazy y'all let me know it's not an sec school but I mean it's Boise State okay So let's just say it like it is. All right, a few other things that I want to make you aware of. On this Wednesday, now here is a story in the sports world you cannot escape. If you want to or not. Tampa Bay is bringing back Gronk. They've traded the with the Patriots for the rights to bring Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. So Brady and Gronk are going to reunite in Tampa. What do you think about it, Saints fans? I told you this as soon as Brady was in that division. It also had to do with the fact that Bridgewater is now in Carolina. Okay, The fact that Gurley is now in Atlanta. Even then, but especially now that Gronk is reuniting with Brady in Tampa, The most interesting division in all of sports is the NFC South. It used to always be the NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, for all kinds of reasons. The NFC South is now the most interesting division in all of sports. That's just news. You've seen it. You can't avoid it, all this. We know the XFL is defunct. They're out. They have filed for bankruptcy. The XFL closed up shop, filed for bankruptcy last week. But get this, former commissioner, Oliver Luck, former, what, athletics director at West Virginia, Andrew Luck's dad, former commissioner Oliver Luck is suing, he's a commissioner of the XFL, he's suing the XFL for the millions of dollars that were left on his contract. Now, you say suing, this is a deal where he's got a contract, they end it and file for bankruptcy, and it just goes to court. You say suing. I mean, yeah, it's suing, but it's going to court to get his money somehow, some way, because this we do know it's Vince McMahon in wrestling. They've got the money. Luck filed a wrongful termination lawsuit in federal court last week against Vince McMahon. And according to Darren Ravel, Luck's contract was supposed to pay him between 20 and 25 million over five years. It stipulated that he would be due the remaining balance if terminated without cause. And, of course, they terminated him because they filed for bankruptcy on the 13th of this month. You like legal stuff, money stuff, contract stuff? Follow that. I'm sure it will be, can be, might be, and probably is interesting. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Clyde on the phone. What's up?
1: Hey man, how you doing today?
2: As far as I know, I'm just right. How about you?
1: Good. Question
0: I have talking about football and, and you talked about the uh Mountain West up there with, with the uh school that's kinda of furloughed their
2: employees yeah. mm-hmm.
0: if they do play football, let's say starting in August or September, who's gonna test all these players? Who who I mean you're you're talking about testing of these players. Yeah. They could test one week and then the next week test positive. Who's at a greater risk, the fans or the players that will be out on the field? I've heard a report that the SEC commissioner is still up in arms about whether they'll even play this year football, this fall year, because of all of the necessary. you got to have coaching staffs, everybody that's going to be on that field, uh, referees and everybody tested prior to that game being started. And
2: I'll hang up. And let you talk about it for a second. Thanks, Clyde. Yeah, and and it's a great point. It is, I think, the point. If we want to, if we take the conversation past just speculating, can they bring football back, or could they bring it back? The, the next step in that conversation is how. Okay, so if we go, we're going to go. Yeah, okay. Well, they can bring it back. All right. Well, then how? Okay, well, the first thing we get to is, yeah. Well, how do you test if somebody's sick, and what do you do with the ones who are? Right. So we're now we're into vaccines and treatment, but of course, finding out that they have the virus is the first thing, which is the testing. So you're pointing to the the really the entire crux of the issue of. I want to say an early return of the sport, but it but that's not the right phrase. An on-time start to college football. Let's just take college, for instance. It's testing, right? It's going to all be about testing. Well, and I take you back, Clyde, to a conversation we had via the Country Pleasing Text Line. Several listeners, Jason, myself, several others, talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And that is playing football without fans. That's all across sports. Rory McIlroy said he didn't believe they should have the Ryder Cup without fans. Just don't have it. What's the point of having a Ryder Cup if you don't have fans? You know, that's his deal. You know, that's golf. Uh, You've heard others. Uh, Jack Swarbrick, the guy up at, I guess the AD up at Notre Dame, in a comment that we played on this show last week said, it just did not make any sense to play the games without fans. It's not for me. You know, so people feel about it a certain way, but logistically what's – what what people like jason have pointed out is you could theoretically play with 85 well let's just go 65 guys in uniform on one sideline 65 in uniform on the other and coaching staff television personnel all these people in the stadium just no fans because you could test that many players and coaches before the game you could also test that many after the game here is the thing that i keep coming back to also And this is, for me to say this, Clyde, is a huge repeat for anybody listening to this show because I've said it a bunch. But that is this. if How can I justify saying it is not safe strictly from a could-catch-the-virus perspective? It's not safe for 60,000 fans to get in there together because they could catch the virus. But it is safe for 22 football players to be on the field touching each other, pushing each other, spitting on each other, sweating on each other, wallowing around on each other, breathing on each other, snotting on each other. And then we run 22 others out there when we flip it offense, defense, and 22 others out there when we flip it special teams. Because if we're just looking at it from a could catch the virus. How's that safe? If it's not safe for the fans. The argument was and still is. Well, again, you can't test 100,000 fans in Tuscaloosa. You can test 100 football players in Tuscaloosa. That is true. Makes total sense as far as who, you, how many you could run through testing. The problem is just sheer safety. I can't figure out a scenario where it makes sense to say, well, we'll run the players out there. If they catch it, at least we'll, if they catch the virus and spread it, at least we'll be able to test them. Well, what if one player on one team, if it's if we're at a point where it's still so unsafe, one player on one team has it, goes out and plays in a game, now 12 players on the opposing team have it. And then 12 goes to 24. And now that team's not playing any more football. You, you, you see all these layers? That's all the things that all these decision makers are trying to run into. And so I think what we're looking at here is, and I just keep coming back to it, we're either, we either will reach a point where we decide, or the we, the experts decide, Hey, it's mitigated pretty well. Go ahead. Play it. Fans and all. Open it back up. Do it. Or not. It it will be a simple yes or no. Can you are your students back on campus going to class? Yes. Well, open up the football stadium. Play a game. Bring them all in there. Sell your tickets back to normal. That's what I think it boils down to. Are your students not on campus? Nope, they're not back. Well, then you're not playing football. And so, again, as it pertains to the testing, okay, let's say we do get back to the point where, I mean, we got fans and football going on. Well, the testing, again, is the major, major part of this. Some type of test developed where i can take the test it's widely available all over the place i go boom test it and a few hours later i know i have that virus or not what a weird thing jason says on the country pleasing text line there are bunches of 24-hour tests out there now new ones on the market will let you test at home testing shouldn't be a problem by september october for the rich leagues, it won't apply to everyone everywhere. And that makes a lot of sense, too. That's a thing. It's like it's two different conversations, Jason, based on who we're talking about and funds that are available and people that are available. Yeah. Maroon Richie says, How much of a money loss would it be without fans? A huge one, obviously. But it wouldn't be as much of a loss if they didn't play at all. Because if they play some, it'll be on TV. Don't you know? Man, you could you could take 22 guys and section off a part of Highway 45 and line it off and play it out there on the concrete. ESPN would bring cameras and broadcast it. That's how bad they need a live sporting event right now. Rebel Godfather says, no more sports. Everybody has to be in a bubble to be outside. <laughs> But see, Miko says it. He says, what you just described is why we could possibly be without football. The virus is spread so easily. The athletes could spread it to others on campus. And mass spread is not what you want. And until there is a somewhat of a grasp on uh, on testing and treatment, my brain isn't smart enough and big enough and broad enough to understand how you start it all back up. And and I hope I'm wrong. I want it back. Now <laughs> stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt show. back on the show what's up rolling along with you as requested by denzel he's got like three minutes before he has to go back to work i think we're going to get it in here's neck from the sonic boom just for you yeah There you go, Denzel, hope that I made it for you. Nothing like the Sonic Boom. Before or since. Coming back with Nick, thanks to you. Denzel, text us his request on the uh, Country Pleasing text line at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. Also, uh, still looking for first phone call of the day. Somebody give me a shout. Be number one. <laughs> on the Davini Equipment phone, 995-105. Actually, I was the first phone call on the Davini phone today, wasn't I? Yeah. I, you can't be number one today. I was first because my internet dropped, so I picked up the phone and called in. Started hosting the show that way. <laughs> Do what you can sometimes. Uh, real quick, Ghost Pepper. I heard the commercial. This is great. Ghost Pepper on uh, the Country Pleasing text says over under five. How many takes did it take Beaver to nail the mow and blow commercial? No way he enunciated every word that flawlessly in one take. I say at least seven takes. It does not take anywhere near that many takes for a real pro like us to do commercials, Ghost Pepper. Right, Beaver?
1: Honestly, it took two. I'm not not stupid. I can read and I can speak, Ghost Pepper. (laughs) And you know what? Ghost Pepper, I love calling this man out because he's become our most needy and attention-starved, and he fibs a lot, too. He's been making up some tall tales about me lately. Has he really? Line. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: He's so been stretching the truth. There's no doubt.
1: He, yeah. Stop fibbing, my man. And he texted that yesterday. He tried to get that in yesterday, and we didn't get to it.
2: Two takes, mm-hmm. Ghost Pepper. Two. See, and we can edit, but a lot of times we don't even need it. Hey, I, I would say this. I guarantee if Ghost Pepper sat down at the microphone, it'd take him five takes. Guarantee you. I don't even know it. All right. A couple of important messages on the subject of the the, the current landscape in college sports. We have universities that the news continues to trickle in each day of budget cuts here, furloughs for coaches there and employees. And look, it's shaky. We all know that. Okay, but it's all, all of that information, everything about sports is all juxtaposed against, up against the backdrop of life and death situation with this virus. All right, Norman on the country pleasing text line says, Matt, from the standpoint of football being the main breadwinner, he says, I agree it's not ideal by any means, but it's no different. Say, in business, when a major client, or in my work, the major projects carry the weight of money-making. Yet, we're all a team and get a paycheck. But if those major clients or projects went away, it would spell trouble for all. And I'd say a college is a family and can be looked at as one company. I realize this is an apples-to-apples comparison, just another way to look at this. Saying all that, I grew up like you, I bet, you eat your own kill. So that's from Norman. Appreciate that text. And look, I I think those are great points and you're, you're dead on accurate. There are lots of things. I mean, as you know, and, and it's a great point as a family unit, you know, you don't always have a, you never really have a situation where like in a family unit, like dad makes his money and lives off that mom makes her money and lives off that. And the kids make their money and they live off that. No, I mean, Mom and dad, in one shape, form, or fashion, in certain ratio, are you know providing for each other and for the kids, and you know it's all a team effort, and that is true. It's definitely true. I'm just saying that I think you know the, that old saying: the truth lies in the middle. Well, back when there was this extreme push to balance everything out as equally as it could in terms of numbers of athletes and numbers of scholarships to balance all that out. Well, that was too far. in, In some ways that may have been taking it too far because the reality is football is the only one making money at a majority of schools. And now we have a situation where if you can't play football, you can't play anything. If you can't play football, you can't have scholarships in some of these sports. And what are you going to say to those kids? You know, so I think, and it's a pandemic. It's an unbelievable and almost impossible to foresee situation. So no, I'm not placing blame. But again, I think we have to look at reality. Jay said on Facebook also, he said, so we do, do we continue to furlough and ruin people's lives financially or do we mitigate risk and get back to life? We need kids on campus learning. Online model is not sustainable. Jay says, I understand the seriousness and deadly impact COVID has had, but let's face the fact. Healthy people under 65, as a general rule, do not have to even be hospitalized with this. You can save lives by taking some precautions. And I think some of that's true, but Jay, that the unknown nature of this virus, you have... You have enough cases of people under 65 getting it, and one day they're fine, and two days later they are gone. All it takes is a few of those types of cases to throw the whole uh, predictability of this thing out, and that's the problem. That's where we are right now. Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, starting off with Chris. What's up, Chris? Thanks for calling.
1: What's up, Matt? Yo. You asked, so I rang. Um, you
2: rang? I learned
1: something about I learned something about Brooks today that I didn't think I, I didn't think was possible, but I didn't know that I didn't know he liked to hunt. So I called in and I was going to ask two questions. What um what what sports would that lead then? Golf and tennis is that it? Oh yeah, what, what the
2: like? UConn president said. Yeah, his statement that only fall sports where they could stay apart from each other, and that's the only thing I could think would be. Golf and tennis. The problem with that is, though, Chris, that would leave every athlete traveling to every event on their own, which never happens right now. Exactly. So, and the other,
1: the other question, yeah, the other question that I had was this: was that since you, since you grew up in the country, because you grew up down there in Alabama, and I know all that's basically country, um, are you a hunter? Or do you have animals? And if you do, do y'all have a dog or something?
2: Man, yeah. Okay, (laughs) so... I'm
1: pretty pretty sure that little girl would love a dog if you ain't
2: got her one. Oh, we have them, yeah. So, yes, hunt. We probably do uh, and have over the last 10, 15 years done a lot more fishing than I have hunting. Uh, Grew up doing more hunting than fishing, probably, Chris, but with a life in football will take you out of hunting. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you yeah, think about in, in high school, in college, and even after college, I played a little bit. So it's like those things – but but certainly for those 10 years of my life when I'm a teenager in high school and when I'm playing in college for five years, you know, there is no hunting in the fall, period. Just forget it. I mean, you certainly can't be serious about it. And that's when I really got into fishing because during the summer, man, I could go May, June, July and not miss a day. You know what I'm saying? Just because of the time of year. But – uh, yeah we have animals we have two miniature schnauzers one of which is uh had has had to stay overnight at the Mississippi State vet um here recently he's had a rough go of it champ our oldest uh we got champ and lady miniature schnauzers and we have a cat named Al I call him al the dumpster kitty because a year ago my wife and daughter rescued him they like caught him downtown Tupelo this little bitty like Little bitty, not even bigger than your shoe, kitten ran out in front of us downtown one night. I slammed on the brakes. Well, we, they started going on there and feeding it, and then they caught it in a box and brought it home, and they thought it was a girl, so they named it Allie. and and then took him to the vet, and they's like, "This ain't a girl, it's a boy." They, so they just shortened it to Al. <laughs> so yeah. now we have Al, well, the dumpster I'll, cat.
1: Then I'm gonna have to add you to the proposal, then, because I told I told Brooksie that if um. If we could get it together one day, then I'll take y'all rabbit hunt because I have I have beagles and I have rabbit dogs.
2: Ooh, and, uh, I would love to. I, I'd like
1: to. I'd like to get both of y'all go.
2: I'd love to go, Chris. I um I did a lot of rabbit hunting as a youngin. We used to have beagles. We raised beagles and hunted and stuff. And then ser- seriously, uh, once I hit high school and became so, you know, just playing ball year round. At some point, we got rid of them, and we didn't do much rabbit hunting after that. So, yeah. But I'd love to go back. I appreciate right, the invitation. Thank you. Have, have a good day. All right. You too. See you. Hey, let's see if we have time to get John on right here before the music starts. No, we don't. John, I'm so sorry. If you'll hang tight for me, just just hang there, and I'll come straight to you on the other side of this break. Appreciate you calling. Hello to everybody watching on Facebook, watching on Periscope, seeing all your comments. And Max, who's watching on Periscope, commented on my hat. Yeah, it's probably my favorite country pleasing sausage hat. The gray mesh back, the blue front with the red hog on there, kind of Buffalo Bills colors. That's probably my favorite one. You all want to see it? Head on over there and watch the stream. Rolling along with you here on Hump Day in the Farm Bureau Studio. Stick around. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team, hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. I'm Matt Beavers here, and more importantly, you are. Thanks for listening and watching online, listening on the radio, however you're tuning into the show. Really appreciate that. I uh, appreciate John hanging on as long as, as you have, John, on the Davinci Equipment phone line. What's up?
0: Oh, hey Matt, this is John. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama.
2: Huntsville, all right. Uh,
0: listen, yeah, yeah. I listen to I listen to you now on the TuneIn app. Uh, okay. I really enjoy your show. I, I catch it uh, sometimes a day or two late on your podcast, but great job, man! A great Thank you. job. Uh, My son is Speedy. I don't know if you know Speedy. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's great.
2: I I do know Speedy, and, uh, you know, he's so busy. (laughs) I wish I had more time to talk to him. But you know what I enjoy? We've been able to stay in touch, but I've always enjoyed, like, any time I come to the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover, I'd always get to Mm -hmm. see Speedy there, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) He'd always go. Well, it's great to hear from you.
0: I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm an 80 year old. I mean, I went to state. You know, I was in Old Main dormitory when it burned. That's how old I am. Wow, is that (laughs) Um, right? Yeah, in fact, my freshman year. But I was there when Bailey Howell was, you know, played uh, basketball and and all those things back in those days. But just a quick comment concerning the. the the uh, the stuff that you talked about concerning sports and the future sure. of it mm-hmm. this coming year and so forth and so on, I, you know I think you're right on there. I think it's probably uh, you're headed in that direction. But the thing that really aggravates me about the whole deal, Matt, and no people may not agree with this, but this whole pandemic is serious. I understand its seriousness of that people have died and gotten sick, but the whole thing has been motivated and fanned like a forest fire by fear. Fear has fanned the whole thing because initially, when the news hit the street, they weren't they weren't adequate, in my opinion, models and so forth and what have you. So all the quote experts end quote gave all these predictions like two hundred thousand people are going to die and all this kind of stuff and yeah. and just you know negative a negative fear began to spread and as a result today uh, the economy shut down. You know we've had H one N one, we've had swine flu, bird flu, car wrecks tornadoes, you name it but we haven't shut the country down mm-hmm. but we have on this and there's a lot of unknowns I do understand that but somehow or another somebody's got to step up to the plate
2: you know and
0: uh, and I'm sure you know smart intelligent people are doing the best they can with that but I don't know that i, I I'm off my soapbox now <laughs> <laughs> well that's totally
2: fine and and I think um you know I agree with you that's uh, John the the idea of um, you know, fear being the thing that there is to fear the most, that there is, it has always been true. And this is one of those mm-hmm. situations where, you know, from the word go, one of the, the jobs that the leaders have, they have so many jobs. They have to be economists. They also have to be, they have to become, oh, yeah. listen to medical experts, all this stuff. But they also one of the things they have to do is they have to somehow, some way, be fear mitigators. They have to kind of figure out how to mm-hmm. how to give news and give updates, but do it in a language that is touch and go. Because as a society, we will run around like our hairs on fire in a in a blink. You know, if you give us an excuse to.
0: That's right. You know. Well, what, what was it that Churchill said? What we have to fear is fear itself, you mm-hmm. know? And, right. and, of course, the good word says fear has torment. So, But I, they, they do have to walk a catch-22 fine line. I do understand that, and I wasn't making light of that. Sure. I'm right. just saying right. that somehow or another this kind of it, – it's kind of, you know, it's like herding cats. You can't get it all <laughs> – you can't hurt a bunch of cats. I know, know? it. So. I know
2: it. And And then, really, yeah. I guess that's where this idea of the new normal – uh, a lot of that comes along yeah. is is you know once the toothpaste out of the tube sort of thing right like once people are <laughs> that's right. that's once right. we're scared to death of that's it right. and we're not shaking hands and we're wearing masks like at what point are we going to right. stop wearing masks you know nobody really knows but that's a <laughs> yeah. that's a great point yeah. john it's great to hear from you you know huntsville well, well, I, I love huntsville i grew up as a kid in russellville uh, not far from there yeah oh, and so yeah. in gra- oh, yeah. in grade school we went to Huntsville all the time for two things. One, it's like every field trip we ever had, We it seems like we went to the Space and Rocket Center. And then we'd, <laughs> oh, yeah. we'd come over and watch the Huntsville Stars play baseball. And I oh, got yeah. to see, uh, used to come over and watch Ozzy Canseco, Jose's little brother, play all those oh. years. You remember?
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, and oh, uh, McGuire played here too. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Whatever his name was. Uh, and uh, that's yeah. right.
2: Scott Brochus and Steinbach and a bunch of those oh, guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we we you know we're from uh, Pascagoula in okay. Mississippi, but but I, I came up here chasing the NASA. Uh, industry way back when, and mm-hmm. of course we, you know, settled down, and we're we settling in here. We Huntsville's just exploded here. It's about two two hundred and fifty thousand people now. All kind of stuff going on. Yeah. A lot. This once upon a time, I'll let you go with this. I heard I don't know if this is true or not. Somebody listening can probably tell me, but I heard that Huntsville was the largest out of state uh, alumni chapter of uh, Mississippi State in Huntsville.
2: Hmm. How about that? Uh, I
0: heard it was I heard it the second largest because you have know, all the engineering and, and, and computer software industry and all that stuff that's going on here. Sure. But, right. Man, I'll let you run. I, I enjoy your show so much, and I, I listen to it every opportunity I get. And God bless you, and keep up the good work.
2: I really appreciate it, John. Great to hear from you. Call me anytime. Thank you.
0: All right, bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Say hi to Speedy for us. <clears throat> if, if, for those that don't know, uh, his son Speedy is kind of main man producer and a big part of uh, the Rick and Bubba show. And he's a friend of mine. That's great to hear from John. I don't think I've ever gotten to meet John, but kind of met him there on the uh, divini Equipment phone line. Really cool. Yeah, and he's right. There is a great deal of truth in that. the The fear part of this really is the worst part of all of it. Both dealing with it and the reaction to it. All right, so here's the trip down memory lane for you. On this day in 1991, they opened the new Comiskey Park in Chicago. And Frank Thomas did this for the White Sox. That's
0: Get it out, out of here. here. Way back, you can put it on the board. A two run homer
2: for a big Frank Thomas Sox lead 6-5. Yes. <laughs> he hit a home run. He was the first home run hit. In the new Comiskey Park in Chicago. So when I saw that, it it spurred me. I thought, okay, firsts in ballparks. And just for fun, I did this on Twitter. Who was the first official Bulldog home run after the new dude officially opened? So when they opened the new dude, who hit the first Bulldog home run? It was last year in the season opener, Tanner Allen. In the
1: left field, ranging back, and we're tied at three on a two-run home run by Tanner Allen. Boy, Allen goes the other way. The lefty goes oppo and hits it into the lounge. And the Bulldogs bats that have been so quiet that third time around, They've gotten three hits and four guys to the
2: plate here on the bottom of the sixth. So in the sixth inning, they tied the ball game 3-3. They won the game 14-3. <laughs> they really poured it on. That was, so that was the, you know, Rowdy Jordan hit one, but it was in the under-construction stadium the year before. So in the official open of the new dude, the first home run for a Bulldog was Tanner Allen last year in the season opener. That led me to this one. Who scored the first touchdown in the new Davis Wade Stadium at Mississippi State? Newly constructed, renovated, opened, you know, who had the first touchdown? I I think it's significant. Well, you go back and look, it was this play against Southern Miss in the season opener in 2014.
1: Prescott to throw, down the middle, passes, caught! Derania Wilson, touchdown, Mississippi State, 25 yards. Boy, well, just a play fake, and watch Deranya Wilson set him up right down the seam, and how about the timing from the quarterback, Dak Prescott? The eyes of the quarterback holding zone defenders, and it
2: allowed... Wilson to clear the defense and right on time with the football was Prescott. So that was the first the first touchdown scored in the new Davis Wade Stadium was Deronya Wilson. Now somebody brought up this point on Twitter and said that's interesting because if that route that play was four verticals in other words four receivers all running vertically down the field it's uh, interesting because that's a staple of the air raid offense under Mike Leach and it is and I'm looking at the play that particular play, the ball was on the left hash. And, of course, Dak, the quarterback, ball was on the left hash. And I'm trying to find uh, the tight end in the formation, but it looks to me like they had a peculiar formation. No, okay, so the tight end was on the left. They had tight end left into the boundary, three receivers to the right to the wide side of the field. And, yes, you had four vertical... Routes, but really three to that one side. And Dak chose the guy in the middle, zipped it to him. Derunya caught it uh, at about the four, and then ran through a guy into the end zone. First touchdown scored in the new Davis-Wade Stadium, 2014. Hour 2 coming up next on this Wednesday. Stay with me.